How and why do people disappear? If you brought somebody in to help you disappear, have you actually disappeared? We will deal with missing persons on a daily basis, so we're the national experts. Every year, over 300,000 reports of a missing person are made to the police. We all have mobile phones. We're always using them all the You'll time. You'll go missing and we'll allow it that you're never found. We are perfectly capable of holding on to important secrets. Anything that you're doing, you're basically leaving a trace. One doesn't even normally think about it. There's some tracking and tracing of you going on. People set up honey trap. Could somebody go missing without a trace? I'm not sure. You're not looking for them. You're looking for the information they left behind. I'm Tim Weaver, author of the David Raker series. Over the course of Missing, I'll be investigating how people can vanish in the 21st century and how we find them again. Join me as I speak with experts in forensics, human behaviour, surveillance and investigation, and we look into the art of disappearance. At one time or another, I'm sure many of us have thought, however fleetingly, of jacking everything in and disappearing into the ether. Back in my days as a magazine editor, I distinctly remember several occasions when things went so spectacularly wrong that the idea of leaving the office for a far-off desert island where there were no emails, no grinding office politics and even better, no managers, seemed like the most appealing idea in the world. We've all been there, we've all had those days, but then you come in the next week and it's a bit better and your friend is back from their holiday and you go out with everyone to the pub after work and suddenly everything's all right again. But for some people, it's much more serious than that. Every year, uh, and it's been consistent now for, for quite a few years, over 300 thousand reports of a missing persons are, are made to the police. My name is Dr. Karen Shalev-Green, uh, Director of the Centre for the Study of Missing Persons from the University of Portsmouth. Around a quarter of a million people that are reported missing. So the 300,000 reports might be several reports about a specific person. So some people might go missing repeatedly. But even if you think about a quarter of a million people a year First of all, that's an enormous number of people that we would consider to be at risk. And second, the impact on their families, on their friends, on people who know them, work colleagues, is enormous. It impacts millions of people, really, and it happens every year. So you would think that everybody across the UK would at least know of someone that went missing or a family member that went missing. And that's how profound I think that phenomenon is. Over the course of this eight-part podcast series, I'm going to be exploring the world of the missing. It's a world I felt pretty familiar with, having now written six books on the subject and having occupied the headspace of a man dedicated to locating the disappeared. I'd spent long hours researching real-life cases, speaking to experts in the field and trying to understand the psychology of people who vanish. I thought I knew this area well, but as it turned out, I'd only really scratched the surface. In Missing, I'm going to find out why people disappear, the reasons and the motivations. I'm going to find out what it's like once you've made that leap, how easy it is to stay off the radar, the rules you have to live by and the ways in which you could be found. I'm going to talk to the agencies involved in finding the missing and bringing them home again, 
to psychology experts about the patterns and errors in human behaviour, to a man who interviews serial killers for a living, a woman who charts the terrifying ways in which we're being watched every minute of every day, and a former skip tracer who now helps people vanish for a living. And finally, I'm going to attempt to answer the biggest question of them all. Is it actually possible to disappear for good? How does it break down in terms of of those 250,000 people? Presumably you have different categorizations for, for the different types of missing people. In a way, yes and no. A missing person is a missing person. And the way that the police will work with that, the definition, is very broad. It actually says anyone who is not where they're supposed to be and there's a considered risk to their well-being or someone else's well-being. It's an interesting concept. The person themselves is unlikely to consider themselves missing unless you're lost in the middle of somewhere and you go, I am missing. But in most cases, that's not the case. In most cases, it would be somebody else not knowing where that person is and makes that report. In the UK every year, hundreds of thousands of people go missing. It could be because of what's happening at home, at work or in school. That crushing sense of responsibility, the weight of mortgage repayments or spiralling credit card debts, sickness or guilt, mourning, regret or fear. There are countless reasons why people go missing, but it's almost always in an effort to escape. What would happen if someone did disappear then? What should happen is that a Someone, a relative normally, will phone the police, say, this is the situation. It's either a call taker that will respond and will take, well, normally they will take all the details, but then they might assign or classify it as a specific type of risk. And the UK works with three types of risk. It's either high, medium or low. The vast majority of cases are classified as medium, about 70% of all clusters medium. Um, and that will then lead to more information being sought from the relatives, so a proper interview. The police will request photos, uh, as much information as they possibly can. And then they'll start doing either searches, queries, um, talk to people, start to look around. It depends on the situation itself, and each missing person case is unique. We always talk in the professional world about missing being a snapshot of someone's life. And it's a moment in time that the person isn't there. But they were there before and they had a life and a lot has happened in their lives, just like it does in ours. We have work and we have friends and we have family and all these things. And then there's that episode, that time frame where the person isn't there. So the police has to work very, very quickly to actually understand that life. What could have possibly led to that person going missing? And the first element that they need to rule out is crime, is being a victim of crime. Um, but some of the things that family will tell you will lead immediately to think other things. So it could be somebody suffering from depression. It could be somebody who has dementia, for example. And with children, it could be abuse at home. It could be that they have 
their own issues. They've been bullied at school and they just had enough. So you try to understand as a police officer very, very quickly the circumstances surrounding that person's life um, and then understanding what happened. People will be surprised that absolute vast majority, 97% are found within the first week. Um, about 80% are found within the first 24 hours, if not less. Um, so normally the resolution of the cases is very quick. Uh, most people are found unharmed. It is 0.25% there are fatal outcomes. So one in 400. So it's quite rare. And... The statistics tells us that 99% of cases are resolved within the year. So it's just 1% that is really long-term. How often, I suppose, does uh, just a regular kind of guy who seems quite happy in his normal life disappear into thin air? Um, I would dare to say that's quite rare. There is a reason, always, why people go missing. It doesn't just happen. We just don't know why that happened, necessarily. And it's the police's role then to find out why. And yet the police aren't the only organisation involved in tracking down people who've vanished. The UK Missing Persons Bureau is part of the National Crime Agency and its entire focus is locating people who have disappeared. I met with Sherry Makara, a senior officer at the MPB. We sort of always say that police forces deal with a huge amount of different types of cases and missing persons is just one of those, whereas we will deal with missing persons on a daily basis, so we're the sort of national experts in that area, so we can provide that tactical advice and support. We also offer tactical advice and support in missing and unidentified person cases, so that's very wide-ranging depending on the circumstances of the case. It's always led by the police and that case will remain owned by the police force. So we're there sort of as a second set of ears and eyes, really. When you're drafted in, is it what expertise can you bring them? It's kind of all-encompassing, really. And as I say, it's, it's so dependent on the circumstances. Um, so things like forensics is one thing that we will provide uh, advice and support on. So we manage the missing persons DNA database. Um, we also have links into the National Fingerprint Office and we maintain a national dental index as well. Things around the search for that individual Whilst we're not search trained ourselves, we can direct forces to the right agencies. Um, it might be things like looking at the behaviour of missing persons. And we can use that information to um, help advise police forces on where they might search for that individual or some investigative strategies that they might use um, to try and locate that individual. It'll be things like asking around sort of financial information and phone information. Have they looked at CCTV in the area? We have contacts within the NHS to circulate alerts through the NHS if we think that individual might come to the attention of... Um, health authorities for, for whatever reason. Um, so it's, it's quite a broad spectrum and it really does depend on the circumstances that occur in that case. What triggers that, takes that from the point where it's just a guy who's 
gone missing for a couple of days to the point where you guys would be drafted in? Um, there's a number of things that the police will look at when they're um, forming their initial risk assessments on a case. There was no other reason for that individual to go missing, but the fact that he's gone is very much out of character, um, particularly if, if he's a family man. He's normally in contact with um, sort of, say, wife, children regularly throughout the day, and suddenly he's gone. But there'll be other things that they'll look at in their investigation. So perhaps if they, they search the house and find that a passport's missing or there seems to have been some preparations made for their departure, perhaps clothing missing or, um, or their wallet. Um, but the risk assessment is really important um, because that will basically dictate the path that the investigation then takes and it will also influence what can be done. So, for example, sort of financial and telephony inquiries might not be considered proportionate if we think that that's a low-risk individual who's purposely set off to go um, because people have the right to go missing. So if there's no apparent risk, we might not be able to do some of those other inquiries which might help us to locate that individual. Um, so the risk really does inform the rest of the investigation. It's an incredible part of police work. Uh, we calculated that it's 14%, I think, um, of what you would consider as police staff time. The actual work, 14% of it will go on investigating missing persons cases. So far more than burglaries, far more than robberies, far more than homicide cases. Um, and sometimes you don't know why. Sometimes people do just disappear. For adults, if you're deemed to be um, somebody who can make their own decisions and you decide that you want to go away, perhaps start a new life, whatever it might be, take some time to yourself, then you have every right to do that. And it's obviously very difficult for families because for them, that person might have made the decision to go off, but they might need some answers to that and some resolution. And without that, um, it's very difficult. So in some instances, we have cases where the police will find the individual, but they make it clear that they don't want their family to know where they are. Um, and relaying that message to families is very, very difficult for them to live with because they want answers and they don't understand why the individual's gone. So if I decide that I want to create a new life for myself and I just want to pack up my bag and move to Australia without telling anybody about it, I have the right to do that. I'm not breaching any laws by that. It might not be the kindest thing to do to my family, but it's legal. So nobody can stop me and nobody can say no to me. Have you ever found cases that that's what people have done? It's quite rare, but it does happen. And I would say there is probably an element of mental health there to some extent that somebody will go to that extreme to keep that plan hidden from everybody around them. But again, that's why you have to understand a person's life because we don't know what would have happened, what's the family dynamic. How individual are missing persons cases then? What we know from really interesting research in Scotland called the geography of missing persons, um, they interviewed people who have been missing and have been found to understand more about their geography. Where did they go? Um, and what they found was that people make actual 
conscious to semi-conscious decisions as to how to avoid being detected. So some of them said, I won't go in an avenue with the CCTV. I will go in side streets, so I won't be seen. And they were aware somebody might be looking for them. It is surprising that there are patterns between how people behave. Um, And there was also a bit of research done where missing individuals are recorded giving their story around what their thought processes were whilst they were missing and the reasons that had sort of led them to go missing and actually there's a lot of similarities you can draw between those stories as well so um, there are patterns between people's behaviour I'm sure sort of psychologists would tell you in terms of human behaviour that we do um, sort of respond to many situations in the same way having said that there's always something new in the world of missing so the amount of cases that we deal with on a day-to-day basis there's always something unique or different. I guess the big question is whether it is possible to disappear and never get found I mean what's what's your opinion on it? I think it is possible having said that I think with the number of our cases where we've had people that have been missing for four years, so they haven't been found, so we've got many demonstrable examples of where someone has gone missing and hasn't been found. Having said that, if you threw all the resources that are available, all the agencies that are available onto it, which unfortunately just isn't possible and isn't feasible for every case, um, but if you threw all those resources into it, could somebody still go missing without a trace? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I've known for some time that about 250,000 people go missing every year in the UK, but it still takes some processing. 250,000 people. I mean, that's a third of the population of San Francisco vanishing every single year. But of course, as Karen pointed out, 97% of that 250,000 are found within a week and 99% inside 12 months. So in short, most missing people don't actually stay missing. Except there's still that 1% that do. Those are the ones I can't stop thinking about. They don't turn up again, in some cases, ever. Two and a half thousand people disappear and remain that way. And to me, that's where our story should continue. Who are those two and a half thousand people? Where do they go? And why? Next week on Missing. I have a stalker. They won't stop. I lost everything. I got some seed money. I just want to disappear. There are plenty of people who maintain secrets throughout their lives. My philosophy is your cop, criminal, or crazy until proven otherwise. It's the motivation episode. Why do people disappear? <laughs>